far away from hell. Why would you lie? I don't want to. That was Pay No Mind by Vinyl Orange Ottoman. Pete Griffith of Vinyl Orange Ottoman is my guest on the show. New project coming up, Pete Griffith Band. We talk about a little bit of everything. This conversation's weird. It's fun. It's interesting. It's free firm, uh, free form. I do hope you enjoy it. And I want to remind you of the fee of this podcast. If you enjoy the conversation, direct message someone, send them the podcast, and tell uh, ultimately tell them what you love about it. Follow Rochester Groovecast on Facebook, share this podcast, and keep on supporting local music. Here's my conversation with Pete Griffith. Hope you enjoy. Dude, Pete, what's up? We are live. All right, man. How are you? I'm great, man. How are you? Fantastic. That last song was a scorcher. Pay no mind. <laughs> that's some that's some old stuff, man. Yeah, some hard blues. It's pretty much right. Cool, cool, man. And uh, for a lot of people, I'm sure you jumped in because you knew this was happening. For anybody that just kind of found their way onto this live stream. I am I'm Ben Albert. Um we're about to record a Rochester Groovecast podcast episode and I'm live here with Pete Griffith. He is the special guest of the night, so we're pumped. I'm super stoked. Very nice to meet you finally too. Yeah, we're we're meeting officially for the first yeah. time, which is great because one thing I've found as a big music advocate is you go to live shows, but you don't know the history. You don't know the nitty gritty. And it's always get uh, good to get to know somebody that you don't know as well. And even when you know yeah. them well, there's a lot to learn. So this podcast is for everybody. Right on. I totally agree. And um, anybody who's watching live right now, 
this is going to come out as a like a audio cast, a podcast later, but you kind of have that backseat access where you get to like see it happen. You get to hear more than just the voices. So we appreciate you being there. And um, I'll just tell you straight up, if you can like and share it right now, that's a good thing. And um, yeah, Pete, you, I, dude, I love the, the <clears throat> style of the drink there. Listen, <laughs> you, you, when you're at home, hanging at the bar, you make it in a mason jar. Yeah, he is a beautiful with your buffalo, with your bu- with your buffalo bill straw. Hell yeah! For for what it's worth, for what it's worth, um, my my girlfriend's son was playing with the Bills in Madden, and um, oh, just and I was like, just. Wow. Just last night, um, yeah, the Buffalo Bills beat the New Orleans Saints in the Super Bowl. So. Yes! <laughs> we won the Super Bowl! It was great. How, what was the score? Was it a landslide? It wasn't a landslide. I feel like it was something was it a tight like game? 31-28. Woo! Something like <laughs> that. Was it a winning field goal? Did it come down to the wire? Or did he, was he able to like kneel? You, you know, know the, vic- the, the victory uh, formation. It was a winning field goal. He made it down to about the 15-yard line. Oh, oh chip shot. Just a- what was funny is he was getting a little ambitious. He didn't want to call timeout. He just wanted to keep throwing the ball. <laughs> were, you, were you in the background going, come on, time, time? I was pumped. And I, <laughs> I could tell he had done it before because he was even keel. Oh, he was Marv Levy, man. He's just just calm, breathing. <laughs> That's I great. I, I want to give a official introduction for the audio recording. I'm going to keep all that, though, because I don't like to edit all the good stuff out. But welcome, everybody, to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live, local, regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York and the whole surrounding area. My name is Ben Albert. I'm your host, and I am here with Pete Griffith. We are meeting for the first time, which is all the better, because I just took a, I took a couple shots of tequila, and I see that Pete is in a home bar right now. So. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you really just take a couple shots of tequila? I did. I, I like tequila. Yes. Are you looking Maybe. to do a shot? Yeah. I mean, how else do you start off a good interview? So you're at a home bar. You're at a yeah. home bar. I actually finished my tequila, but I have some. Um, oh, I got plenty over it. here for you. Can't you, like, snap your fingers and you'd be like, boom. I, and you'd be like, right here. I have some Johnny Walker double black blended scotch whiskey. <laughs> It sounds so good. It sounds a little bit better than it tastes. <laughs> I it's, betcha. It, it's harsh. I got. I got. Is it? Is it? Yeah, it's a little harsh. To support our local cats, I got a cup and many empties, but I got a an empty uh, Apple Country Spirits Applejack sitting over here on the wall, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I got an iron smoke. Plenty of. Du- Empty iron smoke bottles over there in the corner. That's okay. I'll just have a quick shot to kill. It doesn't have to be. I mean, 
live television here. Do you do your tequila with the, do you do your te- <laughs> I just love that you've got the full handle size bottle of Escalone that I thought I was the only one who buys that. <laughs> I'm a man of value. So do you do the training wheels? What what are the training wheels? Oh, uh, see, I'm a wuss. With a little, like a little bit of a little bit of salt. Okay, gotcha. And a lime. So cheers. Thanks for having me on, man. Cheers. Oh, you're right out of the bottle. I I didn't come prepared. I'm, my man. Mm. And this is how you get the truth, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Your drink just had the sweetest sound. It's like gribble, 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 gribble. You could hear it all. It was great. I'm thinking I'm probably slurping like a madman over here with a, with a broadcast mic in my mouth. But All right, here we go. I think you're almost inspiring me now, you know, so... <laughs> Don't, always, let me, don't, don't let me do that. Well, I, I mean, I don't want to call it drinking with Ben. It's a little bit too much. I, I want to keep my name out of it. But it would be fun to have a podcast where people just drink. And, keeping it loose. With and ben. keep it loose. Keeping it loose. Keeping it. Because <laughs> I think it's a good thing, you know, at, at the end yes. of the day. Keep it super loose because I feel like it's how you like the, the comfortable starts to sit in, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I just did the thing. You missed your you missed your table. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get in close now. This is so. Fun. Anyways, no. Let me just tell you straight up as we're getting started. This is one thing I love about hosting a podcast, Pete, is I don't have an agenda. There's a there's a certain format, and you're going to hear it, and anyone who's watching is going to see it, and it's similar throughout. We play some music at the start. We shoot the shit. We play some music in between. We play right, some music right at the end. But yeah, everything, right everything else involved is really just based on how the conversation goes, how the sure. person's feeling, and I'm happy to have done a shot with you today. Yeah, and, um, cheers. How do you feel about there's a there's a lot of beauty in the fact that we're we're going back. I, I'm still afraid a little bit that the coronavirus is potentially going to spread. I don't want to be insensitive, but I'm I'm excited to see that summer's here people are hanging out a little bit more um there's going to be more opportunities to see live music and what has your experience been the past three to four months and what are your sentiments now okay i mean yeah when when it all when it all went down um one of the first things we did before it was a complete shutdown is we did a um Myself and the guys in the Pete Griffith group just got together over here in the basement on basically the same setup here. Like nothing, nothing fancy. I'm not super techie. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bare bones over here. And uh, we did a show just for fun for 
for St. Patty's night for just to get together as a group. And then after that, the seriousness kicked in. And um, I could tell you that I made it or we made it 18 days without having to hit the grocery store. And then the second time was right around the 18, 20. I mean, we were home. Um, as we you know get to now, it is nice to be able to get out and be outdoors. Thank God that now the weather allows us to do some outdoor stuff. And I just, I think with response, certain responsibilities will bring uh, better rewards if that makes sense, you know? So just kind of play by the rules a little bit. And, and if we all work together on this, it'll get us to the, to the goal quicker. Right. So. Mm -hmm. If that's the best, you know. Yeah, no. Diplomatic it's, it's, way to come out and say that. You got to be diplomatic, there's, there's, you know. There's so many different things. There's so many things, and uh, nothing, nothing that was presented to us was our choice. We didn't plan on a virus coming. We didn't plan on any of this. Right. So what can we do other than music? You know, fight that's through what we're it, here to talk. Play about. music. Get ready. Have you been playing? Have you been playing tunes in you know this midway period? What's new? Have you been live streaming? Have you been collaborating? Have you? What are you doing to stay sane during these weird times? I have. Uh, there's a couple collabs in the making. That I can't speak of now, but uh, there's definitely a lot of that going on. There has been that time to it, it had an actual opposite effect on what my plans were in the summer as far as I'm a drummer and a singer. The two most non-theory of music. I'm self-taught. I mean, I feel like if you got tone, you can be like you can hit the notes you want to hit. Mm -hmm. And as a drummer, you can look at a kit and go, pop, boom, 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 smash, smash, smash. But like guitar, you're like, what? <laughs> you got to do all that. You got to learn the stuff. So I'm lucky enough to be able to like scat to some of the guys in the band and stuff. But uh, I had all these plans to, to sit and write. And then once we couldn't see each other that takes away my scatting ability. And for a second, I thought maybe I could like play the keys and figure out what's going on in my head. I'm like, Oh God. So that took a big hurting on trying to write this current album that I really wanted to have out, you know, by about now. For the Pete Griffith band. Yeah. Yes. And so this is a, a newer group. I know, you know, Bino Orange Otterman and some of the, the different projects you've worked with. But Dirty Bourbon Blues Band is one of the, another. Rochester you know, staple. Band. Yeah, right, right. 
Um, let's let I want to talk a little bit about vinyl or I want to talk about dirty blues. I want to talk about vinyl sure. orange men and I want to talk about the new stuff that you have coming out. But sure. let's let's backtrack because, you know, I'm a Rochester native who didn't start really indulging in the scene until about, to be honest, 2010. Uh, I had been to some live events like Party in the Park younger, but I didn't start getting to know the scene until about 10 years ago or so. And you're a musician that's been in the scene and playing music the whole time and longer. So let's go through, you know, a short history of some of the bands you've worked with and some of the value, you know, you brought with those bands and how it kind of moved into one place to the next. So if you want to talk timeline, it started um, just out of high school. Excuse me. My father had sold a house and there was a drum set in the basement. And I just, there's always a little bit of talk of playing the drums in the house especially my father was like, man, drum, you know, it'd be cool to have a drum set. But we weren't a musical family. None of, you know, my father can like kind of scat. He's got, he could do it if he really wanted to, you know, to put, but he, uh, I think they also came from my group. My grandmother would sing and uh, play organ for us at Christmas and things like that. But, there was never like the schooling or anything. And then anyways, my father had sold this house and had a drum set and we just set it up and I started, we started jamming on it after maybe like six, seven weeks, which was not long enough, but like when you, I didn't know any better. So we brought the drum set down to an open mic on a lock, stock and barrel in Bristol, New York. And a cat named Buford and some of the players in his band, Buford and the Smokers section were playing with no drum set. So they had me set the thing up and kept telling me to come back, kept telling me to come back. And they were, and there was good players. And it was like, it was either like put up or shut up. And I can't believe they put up with me because I, I still listen to myself today. And I'm like, oh, that's so much to learn. But that's where it started and it went from there. So the blues always was a big part of my life. <clears throat> and then I actually sang metal for a little bit. And that got me on the road. And, we, and, and getting on some of the bigger stages. And then ended up in New York City for a minute. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then ended up having kept going broke because you're in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's. I mean, I can remember taking showers and like the, the shower was so small that you burn your cheeks on the hot water pipe going up in the wall. Wow. <clears throat> and then coming home back here and starting uh, to play with a band called King's Jealousy, which is basically a younger version of Vinyl Orange Ottoman. Coming up here, also playing with a band called Heat Seeker, and that's how I met, met uh, Seth City. And we started the Dirty Bourbon Blues Band. And 
from there it just sprouted and being able to jam with, you know, that really brought me into the Rochester community and meeting everybody and being able to take off from there and just, you know, it's the blues community. So you just, everybody gets to jam with everybody. It's just a really great feeling. And that's kind of what gets us to now really. It's huge. It's huge. And I, I sense, I sense you're a humble dude because you're, you play the drums, you sing, you play keyboard. What, what I don't, else do you? I don't really play keyboard. <laughs> I don't play. I'm a drummer, so I learn like four notes. Okay. <laughs> and I make those four notes sound cool just because I can play drums. Yeah, I don't really know what I'm pushing. <laughs> my my one I've had I've had probably a, a dozen or so uh piano lessons, <clears throat> which I like to think, you know, with no discrimination, but the top three, Johnny Tucker, very, very good friend of mine, Jonathan Tucker, sold me my when I was curious. I was working out of town. I was I worked for a heavy highway company for a long time, poured a lot of concrete. I built bridges, believe it or not. That's what I used to do. And uh, I was bored and I was out of town working. So I bought, I was like, let me learn the keys a little bit. And Johnny Tucker sold me my first board. And I just started watching some YouTube and just messing around. Katie Wright from Tegan and the Tweeds uh, was like, come on over. I'll show you like, a couple tricks because I know that I, I can't venture and learn the theory at this point. I just know my mindset. I just kind of want to know the tricks and have a little fun. you know. But Katie showed me the blue scale in G to like G, I think maybe even G minor or something. Again, I don't know. <laughs> and it was so sexy. Like it was, Oh, it, just, it was fun to like really get around that key. It was like, Oh, finally getting some melody in my head going. And I just, after that, I did probably a couple, two, three months with Charlie Linder. And I got to a point where I just was like, whoa, okay. I need to stop, absorb. And it'd be, it's, it's difficult for me. It is. It's difficult. You know, so I kind of plateaued there and I just been kind of grinding and just, hit that when i can you know i appreciate but. the hell of it i mean so it's difficult for me as well i play a few instruments poorly and that's the the honest truth and i wonder so it's difficult some people it they're just i don't know what it is you can give them any instrument you give them music and they Ugh. just nail it right away they, they just like soak it in with a sponge their brain allows it it's impressive as hell but so you're telling you're you're saying it's been difficult but you're still working to do that you're still trying to learn things that are kind of out of the comfort zone and i'm curious you know why music you know i know that's kind of a general question but why music why not something else? Why not this or that? What draws you to music and makes you want to like challenge yourself Ugh. with music, you know? 
oh my god it, i mean i know why music because it's just mm, it just flows mm-hmm. it's just that's why music uh why i mean i guess that's why nothing else either <laughs> i mean I mean, I have my career, what I can do as a day job, landscaping and things, and that's fun and it is creative. But why not be the best you can be? <laughs> mm-hmm. Just keep challenging. I think I, I could never imagine a life without goals. Like, I think you always have, have, have to have a goal. Even, I mean, even if it's unreachable. But maybe you can prove yourself wrong, you know? A thousand percent, man. It's what it's all about, proving yourself wrong with that goal. So when you're landscaping, so that's your <laughs> primary that's your primary role in society per se, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Yeah, I'll make yeah, I'll make your house look I'll make the outside of your house look real pretty. Is is music involved with that? Are you putting on tunes? <laughs> yeah. Oh are yeah. You, are you listening to the 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 rhythm of the motor and, and uh, No, 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 no. Headphones. No rhythm of the motor is <laughs> No, yeah. Here's the rhythm of the motor. And no, it's bad. And what's really cool, no, we have a little Bluetooth speaker, we all take turns, which great though is the guys that work for me. Kids, you know, t- just turning 21, have really old souls. So even when it's like their time to play music, it's like, I can dig, you know, I let them have their day. It's, they have old souls. It's just, it just ends up being some rock and roll, you know, little Led Zeppelin, little ACDC, you know, I can dig. I'm curious logistically. So how do you play music? out in the open with a bunch of landscaping equipment going on. How do I hear it over the sounds of the equipment? You hear that? Exactly. That's me mulching with no tunes. Yeah. Well, okay. So like once all the machines are shut up and we're just mulching, and okay. weeding, the weeding and the edging, it's yeah. crank the tunes time when we just mulch. <laughs> For it's whatever nice. reason, yeah, I'm thinking like, Lawnmowers, weed whackers, fucking explosion right. no, that, of sound. Those but. days are, you know, earbud days, you know, headphone days. You know, everybody's kind of got their own thing going. Mm. But when we're all working together, yeah, well, I got a little Bluetooth speaker. We'll hang it right in the tree and I'll be like, hey, Ben, it's your day. Like we rotate. I'm like, Ben, you got the tunes today and you'll connect to the Bluetooth speaker and. And then we'll just jam out to whatever Ben wants to jam out for the day, you know? Yeah, dude. So um, I know I'm, I want to go deeper with it because I'm like super curious because you're mulching, you're, you're doing, you know, manual labor that is very precise and like working it to the bone and there's music playing it. Is it something that's mindless or are you like zoned in, like absorbed into it? I'm just curious. Like, is it the kind of thing that you just do and music's in the background or is it like a mold between the two? Like, Cause <laughs> uh, I'm coming from someone who doesn't landscape. 
And I've been doing it, dude. I do a little bit of gardening, and I smoke a little bit of pot, and I put on music, and it's just like I'm talking to Mother Earth or something. <laughs> no, you don't got time to talk to Mother Earth because it's your business. If I catch you talking to Mother Earth, snap, snap out of it, man. Pick up your rake. We got we got to finish this shit up. See that pile of dirt's got to get in the trailer. Yeah, don't be talking to Mother Earth. It's work time. <laughs> you can't talk to Mother Earth on your own time. <laughs> Sometimes we talk to Mother Earth when you're trying to get something done. You're like, really? <laughs> I need one more hour without rain. Please. And then it's like usually harder. Like, ah, oh, you're a jerk, Mother Earth. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Dude, what's that? What's that like, man? Because I, you got to consider the fact that your job is very weather dependent. Yeah. Some days it's ninety five, and you might get a sunburn. And other days, you got thunder showers. But you know, Miss Miss Jones, Josie Lou over in the corner really yeah. wants her shit done. But yeah. Thunder shower coming. Hey. As long as Miss Susie Jones pays her bills, we'll get we'll get the job done. We usually make the youngest kid hold up the metal rod and then we mow the lawn. <laughs> and then uh, uh, no, I mean the oldest. I said, no, it's just gonna, yeah, it'll work. Yeah. No, it's great, man. Because uh, that's why I play music so I can, you know, maybe. The, that's what I was gonna thing. say, dude. It, balance, balancing everything, you know. I'm so a busy man. Yeah. You keep it busy. When after a long day like that, do you want to take a nap or do you want to write a song? <laughs> um, those are my only two choices. Or, because usually it's I come home, take a shower, go to rehearsal. Cool. Go home the next day, take a shower, go to rehearsal, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are show days. But in a perfect world, yeah, I would love to like come home from work, take a shower, and have a couple hours to decompress and be able to just kind of like make some music. Yeah, that would be nice. But I think I would have to play it at different times of the days because my moods and my, if I came home, if I only wrote music when I came home from work, it'd be pretty, it'd be like massage. <laughs> it'd be like relaxing, cool, chill stuff. You know what I love? I love waking up like on a Saturday or Sunday morning and being able to go downstairs and play music like right That'd be, I love playing music in the morning. Love playing music in the morning. Absolutely. Actually, now that I say that, I should try to do that more often because that is better than coffee. When I, I used to like, when I was in my lower 20s, I was like guy on the couch in the rock and roll band. And we just, we were just scrounging, you know, and we were able to play 24 hours a day because there's no neighbors and stuff. And, wasn't the best house in the world, you know, but we had our house. 
and I loved, uh, you know, I had the own, uh, myself and one of my best friends had the downstairs, everybody's upstairs, which it didn't matter because if I'm going to play drums, they're going to hear it upstairs too, but, oh, there was no rules in that house. We all were in the same band. I loved playing music in the morning, loved playing music in the morning. It's huge. They say that your your willpower is only going to diminish throughout the day. So when you got something that you love and want to get done, you want to get it done early because yeah. because at two it, you want to go to a happy hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I, uh, maybe not at two, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's true though because. When you've got a job and you've got things to do throughout the day, there's a lot of external circumstances and customers and people and things in your life that are, you know, pushing you in different directions. But first thing in the morning, that's a great time to attack something that you want to do for yourself, you know? Yeah, 100% with you, my man. And shit so uh, every good musician maybe not every single one but i'd like to believe every great musician at the core what they want to do is they want to play music they want to tour they want to take care of their family and take care of themselves but they want to be playing music and when you've got a job in the music industry i'll say this real quick when you got a job in the music industry it's almost like it's not impossible, but it's hard to make that your full-time thing. And I'm curious, like, how you balance the two things and and really not, like, go cuckoo with the concept because you got to balance. Well, I'm already cuckoo, man, so. But I yeah. want I want to hear what you wanted to say before that as well because. Well, I just wanted to say that it's – um. It's not so much a uh oh, it's my train of thought. It's not so much a uh Oh, I lost my train of thought there because I am cuckoo, I know that. So. Oh, and that's <laughs> dude, one thing that's wild about oh, doing damn. something like this over Zoom is it's a little bit different. I don't mean to oh, talk over one. you. I don't want to interrupt you. Oh no no no! You're right, right, right. I'm just curious as fuck. Like, how do you how do you pull it off where you're working nights as a musician, playing for multiple bands, putting your heart and soul into that, and then you wake up and you've got oh, manual label. Go on. Yeah. So for me, it's not a monetary value. Okay. I absolutely love the connection about playing live music. That to me is the absolute, is like, like just gosh. I feel like we're all in it together, you know, just because I have the ability to play it, but you have the passion to enjoy it. We're all clapping together. I love clapping together with the crowd, singing together with the crowd, because we are all in it together. And that, to me, is just like, uh, that is the best. We did that drive. We did a driving show. Uh, it had been a week ago last night. 
the mm-hmm. Fanatics in Lima, New York, and they're doing them all summer on Tuesdays and Saturday nights. Fantastic lineup. And we played the second night, uh, the second week of the shows, and to a sold out parking lot of people, properly social distance and uh, you know meets all the standards. But the connection, I had everybody honking the horns, you know, instead of clapping. I was like, let's get these horns involved. And it was, oh my God, honk. And then you got like the little horn over there. It's like, me, me. <laughs> and just, but it, just all that going together, that people singing, that connection, that, that for me is like, oh, that's music for me. It, whether I'm playing it or not, you and I could be sitting here at the bar, you know, and enjoying a cocktail, just listening to music on the stereo. I could get that same feeling, you know, ah, that connection of you and I enjoying a song together, you know, that to me is the number one coolest part of music ever to be for me is that connection with, with everybody else. It's incredible. I mean, you said it well, I wish I could find the perfect way to describe that, but, me too. I just ramble. The the transfer of energy is Ugh. it's in it's incredible. It, it's yeah. incredible, and it's and it like, is. It's one of the only things I really believe in in my life is that energy and and body and motion stays in motion and just uh It's it's that is the coolest part about music to me. I I it's the waves. To, the waves and I I'd love to believe at some point in every human's life they experience that and they reach that vantage point where they're just like holy shit like the connection between me and music is is powerful it's with uh. all of us and I'm curious you know you're a musician that's been doing it for a while and and really have delved into different circumstances and played different styles and, and love to play music. What was there a point that really was like your aha moment where it all clicked for you? Because it's hard to, it's sometimes I believe it's hard to understand what that energy is and what that connection is you know you listen to music when you're younger you might be taking a dance class or an exercise class or might be in the back room of your classroom or someone puts it on or someone gives you a cd and you think it's cool without even listening to it because someone you thought was cool gave it to you was there any times that you listen to music or had experiences that you're like holy shit like <laughs> a ton of sense to me that this is yeah. why i love it kind of stuff you know i can tell you the exact moment man <laughs> i can tell you the exact moment um well there's like there's like a pre-chorus and then there's like the chorus right the first time i heard because i i didn't own it i think i was just a maybe too young is not the right word but maybe a musical, but I, the first time I heard Michael Jackson's Thriller, and then also the other tunes, that, you know, the record, right? I can remember that experience, but not to say, like, 
I maybe I was young in the scene, but the actual, but that definitely got me going. Oh man, you know, like that got you know, that got the head bobbing for me. And then <laughs> I'll never forget. I, I think it was seventh grade. I was just moving down to, uh, to Naples, Florida, and um, my grandma had just bought this like little convertible car but we thought it was the coolest it's convertible and my grandma took me to like kmart and i bought the uh run dmc raisin hell cd and my grandma drove up and down the strip for me and i was just like ma oh dude you know and walk this way like that to be honest, and that's just the honest guy truth. That was my oh man, you know, Peter Piper picked peppers and the and that bell chime. That was my that was my moment of like yep. And then very shortly after that, I got a a BB King record was given to me. I think by an uncle or something. And that's I mean very soon after that. I just fell in love with the blues for that very same reason of that. There's just always that passion and that repetitive motion of just, you know, I, I, I was always gravitated towards that. I, I love the blues and, you know, same as well. My father was a big BBB, BBB. I just said three. B's. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. BBB King. BBB King fan. And um, he used to always tell a story about how Muddy Waters, his favorite musician at the time, he was playing two sets at a blues bar. Father's story, not mine. He was playing two sets at a blues bar. And, you know, it was his favorite musician. So him and his buddies, they stayed for the first set. And then you leave after the first set, you got to pay. It's almost just like two separate bills where you got to pay to sure. get the second Same set. set. So after the first set, him and his boys like snuck into the bathroom and they're just like standing on top of yeah, the toilet. Yeah, on the toilet so you can't see your feet. <laughs> Trying to squat down. I've, ne I've never done that, man. Never done that. <laughs> It's a it's a great idea, but you know yeah. they had, I think they had one too many to drink, and they were just like slipping and falling over, and then like maybe it was the girls' bathroom, but it probably wasn't. But they can't right. they can't right. keep their cover down, right? And right. So security's like <laughs> dragging them out like very aggressively, like. To the point, it's just kind of like they're getting beaten up and bruised. My dad's like got himself in a headlock, and <laughs> where Muddy, your dad had himself in a headlock. No, the security guard <laughs> has my father in gotcha. a headlock, and they're moving out. And Muddy's there, and he goes, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! What are you doing? These guys are with me." For, that's a true story. True story. Yeah, he says these guys are with <laughs> me. And the security guard just looks at him with like a resentment or like fucking with, you know, Muddy's boy, you know. How cool is that? And I 
I just wanted to bring that story up because I knew you'd appreciate it. And I know you love the blues. Oh man. Um so dirty, dirty blues, dirty bourbon. Dirty bourbon blues, blues band. Dirty bourbon blues band. How, how's that? We did that on purpose. I want to <laughs> chat a little bit about them. Sure. Can we listen to them first? Yeah, of course. Let's play a track. Let's play that track. Cool. Yeah. Um, this is It's Been a Long Time by the Dirty Bourbon Blues Band. Well, it's been 
I love that song. <laughs> These aren't even some traditional blues numbers. These are <laughs> epics, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not writing for the radio, dude. <laughs> I mean, we just can't do it for ourselves. That's a sad. That's a sad song. That's a, a but so powerful. Yeah, it's mel it's melancholy, but it's strong. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. For sure. You get it's the the story is, is very sad. Do you want to tell it or is it too sad to speak of? Yeah, let's yeah, let's if people want to check out that tune, they can they can find it on all the major media outlets under Dirty Bourbon Bruce Band and check out the words. But yeah, let's not let's we won't go there on this episode. Yeah, let's let's talk about because um, it's a sad tune, but we're moving on. How do people keep in touch? You know, is Dirty Bourbon Blues Band touring up and coming, or what's your status with them? Oh, we we've been cranking for 10, 11, 12 years at this point. Wow, and. Uh, just kind of taking a little bit of a hiatus. I needed to, I need to, um, I need to just take a step back. I have uh, a couple opportunities I need to take advantage of um, with the Peak Ribbeth group and just kind of writing some uh, original materials and stuff. I fall my, in my lap and I'm just doing the best I can. It, it, that all started pre-COVID, so now everything's on delay, but uh, mm-hmm. trying to get an album, I gotta I gotta get another album going. Um, and Because and, I think there's some, there might be someone that wants to invest in some other things in the making. There, so. Awesome. so I just, yeah, we're taking just a little bit of a break from the Dirty Bourbon stuff. So, um, Dirty Bourbon, Vinyl Orange, is Pete Griffith Group the the standpoint focus going forward, or are you working with any other bands as well? No, definitely got it. I got like the main focus. I don't know if it's the right way to word it, but like definitely got to get. I got to get that. Uh, I got to get that album finalized. The, we haven't seen each other. You know, to really hash out the ideas. I'm pretty confident on the ideas of the record, but again, I'm a singing drummer, so I rely a lot on my right-hand man, Sam Klotz, uh, to translate my my scats. And he also plays bass in Violin Jotterman, a fantastic musician. Um, but the, the, the Violin Jotterman thing is, very much relevant now. Well, relevant now too is uh, kind of changed our lineup around and and done some things to be a little more uh, tangible, if you will. Um, we used to do a lot more regional stuff years ago, but uh, you know it just becomes tough to sustain that without any. You know, unfortunately, it does. It takes a couple couple bucks to make all this stuff run properly, you know. And uh, so we had to just do a couple of things to turn around and, and to, to make that band more tangible, which was add some covers and do some things. But uh, but that band, the, the new lineup of that band is 
super duper good. So I, I mean, we we're still getting to learn each other in Afghan. So there's definitely this. I, I just can't wait to get back full throttle. To be honest with you, and just yeah, tackle, get after it. Yeah. And I respect the hell out of that. Sometimes you want to incorporate covers and different tracks that you know the audience is going to love because at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of incredible musicians and there's almost oh, yeah. almost like a, it's almost hard to figure out what's good, what's bad, this and that. And sometimes you got to play a couple covers to draw people in, and then you play some original tunes to show them your true like colors and your true character. But it's almost it's almost kind of ridiculous not not ridiculous, but you know if you're not incorporating these more popular tunes and drawing people in how do I know to listen to you versus this other band, this other band, this other band? Um, you've been in a lot of groups. Uh, how have you experienced that? Have you been in bands? My always question is, have you ever been in a band that's been freaking incredible, should be famous, the best band anyone's ever heard, but since you're playing all original tunes and you're not like, marketing like crazy people don't know you as well as you should like have you ever felt that way or oh yeah i mean i feel like yeah i feel like you wouldn't be a songwriter or a band if you didn't feel that way like damn there's also a part of me that feels like sometimes don't be afraid to be not that different you know be tangible mm. I mean, because at the end of the day, like, if you, you know, especially getting to my age, like, ah, yeah, you know what, like, crap, we got to get some kind of turnaround in all our time that we spent. Maybe, and then usually, you know, like, maybe we ought to write something that bounces, <laughs> like, you know, do it here on the radio. And next thing you know, like, oh, well, maybe we should do it. You know, don't get, as a singer-songwriter, don't get too caught up in being too different. If you want to make a lot of money, <laughs> not even, I shouldn't even say a lot of money. Some, sure. uh, you know, break even at the end of the day. Holy cow. Yeah. Do you, do you feel different playing a song that's popular per se or a cover? Like, do you feel like you're selling your soul to the devil? I'm exaggerating, uh, but like, do you feel yourself as you play it? Or is there like a disconnect? Every once in a while, there's a number, but you know that it's doing what it's doing, you know. Uh, it's connecting and making the crowd pop, you know, and jump. Um, uh, that's, I think, another thing, to be honest with you, you know, that gravitated me towards more of the blues music is it's not that, you know. we We've always been the B-side of all the records, you know, the, the bluesy stuff was a very mainstream, you know, you never, you know, obviously they've, it's, it's, it's had, you know, a couple jumping, you know, a couple hokey pokies, you know, but, <laughs> um, but that's what I do love about the blues community is there's, 
definitely an interpretation of the story that's being told, you know. Without a doubt. You know, that's that's what the beauty of the blues has always been, that raw element, mm. that raw interpretation where, I'll be honest, I listen to some blues songs, and I get a little annoyed with it because the guitar is often wandering one way and it's minor toned and it's raw and it's not it's not in that box that you would get in you know pop music and it's easy to get frustrated with that but that's part of the beauty you know it's on a bit it's 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 natural it's real to the feelings and the emotions expressed in the instruments. Now, as a drummer, as your main instrument, you mentioned you've played metal. You got by playing metal, which, um, from my experience, there's a lot of um, emotional, very feeling-based, bluesy, kind of melancholy, um, energetic metal bands where it's like, but then there's other metal bands that are hyper technical. Oh no, we were stoner rock, man. We were, we were, we were like, I was gonna ask ever, you, yeah, you know, like, we were more like a one of my my favorite band in the whole wide world, Clutch. Okay, I don't know if you're familiar with that band, but everybody go check out Clutch because they, especially, I think maybe I secretly heard. I like to you know say that I secretly heard it all along in the belly of their. Um, discography, but now they're it's still pretty heavy, but there's definitely a way more blues influence. But I think it, for me, it was always like the blues and the energy that that heaviness. And to me, I can still f- find a blues or a sad song to me to be heavy, like ah, it like. I can find it to be heavy. It doesn't have to be a tone thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my, some of my favorite, I listen to a lot of metal music, progressive rock, and some of my favorite songs are slower. And the, the, I feel like it's almost like the different the the bass is really low, but the guitar is really high, and the rhythms are really slow and powerful, and it has a heavy element that is heavier than if everyone was just playing hard and fast the entire time. Yeah, they call that. I think they call it like sludge metal, right? <laughs> that would be Ding. <laughs> ding, ding, yeah, ding. <laughs> shit, dude. So let's say, um, I, I love asking this because I learn something new every single time. You know, yeah. let's yeah. say someone just getting into music; they have plenty of passion. They have plenty of love for music and they've listened to a lot of stuff, but they're sitting down at the drum set and they don't really know what they're doing or they're picking up a guitar and they 
They only know a few chords. But their passion's there, and they love to play music, and they love to listen to music. What advice would you give them? What What would either shorten their timetable or to more, uh, make it more fun for them, you know, as they go along? I, I'd give them Matt Rammerman's number, and I'd give them John Shepard's number. Because <laughs> you, you don't want to hear it from me. I, I, I don't know, man. I am not. I don't think I could teach anybody. I'm I'm hanging out for dear life. I'm hanging out yeah. for dear life. That's exactly what I would do. I'd, get, I'd refer them to a pro. So, so you don't <laughs> see yourself as a pro? Like, what's up? No. <laughs> I mean, I'm just... All I can... I, yeah, I'm hanging out for dear life at every moment. I mean, I practice. I try. I try to be pro. Yeah, it, it's it's. I'm trying to put this together, you know, in my thoughts, and I'm thinking like, I mean, music isn't all about just being able to read the notes and nail right. them perfectly, right? And that's where I'm at too. You're right, and. Obviously, you come from an enjoyment and passion where you might not be a pro where you're, you're playing fucking 64 notes with a fan in your air and looking like oh. Jesus on stage. With this hair, you ain't going to look like Jesus on stage, man. Sometimes it's just like raw, unhabited. I don't even know if that's the right word. On it, who cares? You can make up. It's your podcast, man. Make up any words you want. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Like, and that's why I like the blues because it's so much. Just like, oh, you can take left and right, and if you're on the same page, boom. Yeah, like you could do that. It's organic. I love me some organic music mm-hmm. where you just. You're trusting the players you play with, and everybody knows where the one is, and then you make that look, and you're back. You know, you're back. But that's the best part about music is that tension, that stress. That's fun, too. You know, when you're jamming for the first time with some cats, there's that tension. But when you can all make it back, you know, to that to that one, boom. That's some fun stuff. Yo, I I appreciate the hell out of it, Pete, because I'm the kind of, my brain, the way I think is I'm trying to break things down to the minutia and trying to figure out how I can get like one step, next step, next step, X's and O's, what needs to be done to accomplish, do this, this and that. And, you know, part of the vibe then, part of the, the the gratitude I feel about having this conversation is you're kind of telling me that it's more than just being an expert or being a pro or having, you know, the right answer. It's about just fucking enjoying the shit out of it and just like <laughs> I'm just telling you my experience, man. But it's <laughs> true. I mean, you know I think I took a rough goddamn road to where I am at, man. So I think I think you should just not do what I do. I think that's I think that's the moral story. Just don't do what I do. Everybody should just do the right thing 
I'm like the Uncle Pete that'll show you, you know, how to make a couple mistakes on the way. That's how I feel. How'd he lose his pinky? Well, he started playing piano without asking anybody. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't don't ever listen to me. That's right. That's my advice. So your advice is don't ever <laughs> listen to you. No, just ask, ask somebody that knows what they're doing. I'm hanging out for dear life at all times. But I try to do it with a smile, so I'm like, so nobody can tell that I'm panicking. <laughs> it's I, I feel like it would be easy to give you a hard time right now, but it's like I, I don't want to because no, because I I'm in the sun a lot. I got leather skin. You yeah, can't. Sh- well, Charlie Linder. Um, yeah, I love that he, man. I love that man. I can bust chops with that cat all day long. All I gotta say is Charlie. You know he recommended you. He name dropped you. Tegan cool. name dropped you. Cool. It's like these people aren't like this is my music teacher that taught me how to find God through music. They love how you play and they love, you know, playing with you. And that's more important than uh, anything, right? They didn't tell you that. There's no way. Those guys are really good. Those those two people you just talked about are super really good. <laughs> really good. They did name drop you. Oh, man. They didn't say that you're like a gift from God. Oh, thank you. But well, they thought God. it. They thought it. They oh, thought no, it. they didn't. Maybe, maybe Charlie thinks that. But no, I'm just kidding. And Charlie will laugh at that, you. No, I love you. Can, I can't tell you the respect I have for those two musicians. Oh, my God. They're the absolute best. And I've known Tegan for a few years, and she's absolutely phenomenal and an absolute sweetheart. And and uh, I've gotten to know Charlie. Maybe it's a little bit longer now that I really think about it, but three, four years. And him and I just like I was super nervous to jam with him for the first time because I just respect him so much. And uh, after the first jam session, I was like, "Oh my god, what a what a." sweet dude like what he gets my humor and the dry slash sarcasticness and yeah i mean obviously you're a friend of his so i love me some charlie linder no he's a great guy Uh, he's the one who said he said shit you gotta have pete on the podcast and he's got great pickles he has great pickles. But I got <laughs> pickles right down here from Mr. Charlie Linder. That's where the pickle mafia came from. Yeah. We can't talk about that, those We can't talk about the pickle mafia, bro. No, no. I don't know. They'll, they'll cut your throat, man. They'll cut your throat. <laughs> You can't let the world know. <laughs> Don't mention the pickle mafia, man. Them dudes are crazy. No, dude, I, I'm laughing because um, Marco Serigliano is the drummer in the pickle yeah, mafia. Yeah, of course. And I low key thought that you know you can't talk about him because you're like 
You're trying to like slit his throat and take his spot or something. Dude, dude, he'll throw you in the Genesee River. It's like. (laughs) Dude, Uh, dude. With a cowbell tied to your ankles, I'll never find you. Cowbell tied to. That's the name of our new album. Cowbell tied to your ankle. From um, pre Pete Griffith. No, band. no, from the band, from the Groove Cast. <laughs> dude, dude. Anyways, moving on. I want to ask you it. There's no right or wrong answer. There's no perfect way to say it. But I ask every guest if you had a billboard. You can control the billboard, side of the road, everybody's going to see it. Young and old, black and white, all kinds of personalities and all, all kinds of people. And it, I've noticed this long and longer as I ask people, it's kind of hard to have the right thing to say because the world's going to see it. And it's, yeah. not about, it's not about being right per se, it's about... I have a voice and this is what I've heard and what I've experienced. And if you could control that billboard, say anything you'd like, what would you say? And fucking why? I think it would be one of those hologram ones, you know, I'd be like, yeah. And it would be like, let's wiggle. And and that would be it. You know, Let's wiggle. Because <laughs> I think if we all wiggle together and start dancing together, we'll be all in time. We'll all be in harmony. And peace be with you. That's what I think. I'm, I'm a thousand percent with you because I'm thinking about any time I'm in my car yeah. and I'm driving down the road, I can't see myself seeing someone wiggling like that. And not like mm. smacking the passenger and being like, hey. "Come on, yeah, get it going." I, I'll sing by myself. I'm, I'm not afraid. I'll be on the mowers all day. It's just like, woo, Gemini. Make the best of every day. Maybe that's the other billboard. I don't know. No, screw that one. Yeah, I want that hologram one. You know, where like the folds do the fold, and you're like. I might be an SOB, but I'm your SOB. <laughs> Jim the Hammer Shapiro. No. <laughs> no, no, it would be Let's Win. That's what it would be. <laughs> Jim the Hammer Shapiro. I know. I keep Jim out of it. I know. I think I'm one of <laughs> Sorry. <it's> a... <laughs> I might be your peak grip. I know. I know where it's going with so, Pete, yes, sir. for everybody, what's the best way to keep in touch? What's the best way to keep involved? So, you know, before this started, it's wild because now all of a sudden things are starting to get kind of loosening up and going again. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to start, like, looking at my calendar. That part of it's kind of been kind of nice, to be completely honest. So I was, I was grinding for a couple of years, grind, grind, grind. but. Uh, I every Monday I uh, from my personal site 
on Facebook, Pete Griffith. I post my weekly schedule, and that'll cover, you know, whether I'm playing with Dirty Bourbon, Violin and Jonathan, doing a duo solo thing or the, or the Pete Griffith group. But also, you know, do your things. Subscribe to the events page uh, on Facebook, you know, as at the Pete Griffith group. Subscribe to that page. There's a lot of shows coming up with that group as long as we're allowed to throughout the summer. And uh, that'll keep you in touch with anything we're getting in, involved in. And then we all get to hang out with each other. Maybe maybe uh, you can make it. We can high five in real life, you know. I would love that. Thank you for listening to the show. Last word goes back over to Pete Griffith. I want to listen to one more song by Vinyl Orange Ottoman. This is Spiculum by Vinyl Orange Ottoman. Thanks again, and I will hear from you guys soon. Mm-hmm.